Hey, Scullies, you are in for a treat. Yes. This is the May 1st, but really May 2nd episode. Yeah. We're a day late. <laughs> yes, we are a day late. Um, it's my fault. I take all responsibility. I was traveling and uh, missed my flight. <laughs> so <laughs> it was not due to a travel ban. <laughs> Thank no, you for she your was concern. not put on a, a list um, <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'll get back to you by the end of the week. Yes. (laughs) Um, So uh, thank you for listening. We are Out of Our Skull Podcast, the left-leaning podcast out of North Carolina, covering North Carolina politics and uh, United States politics. politics. Yes. I am Mia Miyaklo. I am CJ. And here we are. So May 2nd. 100 days into Trump's presidency. Yeah. It's only been 100 days. <laughs> I was out of the country when um, when the 100 days uh, was announced. I knew we knew it was coming up, of course. Yeah. Um, it feels so, like three years, but it's only been 100 days. <laughs> it's only been 100 days. I can tell you what the reaction to his 100 days it was in the UK, but... CJ, tell me what what the stateside reaction. The was. stateside reaction here was was kind of funny because you know when Trump became or, or when he was a candidate, he was stay, stating he was going to get all these things done in his first 100 days. He was going to get the wall started. He was going to you know right. curb immigration. He was going to balance the budget. You know, oh, all the this... wall was going to be like done by the first 100 days. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. It was going to be well on its way. It, it was just all these unrealistic goals. And anyone looking at them knew they were unrealistic goals. I don't know why anyone thought any of this would get done in 100 days. Of course, his first 100 days have been just a complete disaster. Nothing has really been accomplished. He signed a bunch of executive orders um, trying to repeal everything that Obama has done. But um, he hasn't repealed Obamacare, which he said was going to be day one. (laughs) Well, he tried. He tried, but they can't, you know... The whole thing with Obamacare is they've had seven years to come up with something better, and they have yet to do that. So, you know, unless you get something better, don't break what we already have. But um, his reaction, the reaction stateside was basically nothing is getting done. You've got posts that are not filled. Okay. Dozens and dozens of government posts that are not filled. Um, He's been an embarrassment basically, for those 100 days. Mm -hmm. He has yet to give a coherent interview. His reaction, of course, was, well, 100 days is just a false marker. And, you know, I didn't say I was going to get everything done in 100 days, which Mm -hmm. is bullshit because you do realize the tweets don't disappear. It's not Snapchat. (laughs) They stay on Twitter. I mean, video. Yeah, there's video. There's video of him, too. So it's just, you know... It was an immediate backtrack on his part, saying, mm-hmm. "Well, that's just you know, that's just a false thing." And, and do his reporters, or I'm sorry, do his supporters say the same thing? That, anything, oh, yeah, anything he says is just like, "Well, you know, we didn't think he was going to get all done, you know, in 100 days." His supporters, though, are just anything he says or does is fine with them. Okay, it's just you know we can get into that uh, later on when we talk budget, but it. And, you know, and other things, but well, it's just, it's amazing what his supporters will 
allow him to get away with. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you what was on the news in the UK. (laughs) I was floored. Um, The news stations were, were getting Americans' reactions to Trump's 100 days. And all of them were... Uh, glowing reviews uh, how he is the best president ever how Who the hell are they talking to I, I know I know I was my jaw was on the floor that I mean morning. he's got a 40% approval rating I know and that's what I would tell I was you know I was staying with uh, at vacation home rentals and and so we were sharing spaces with um, other travelers and they didn't realize that the people here don't want him in power because they're, you know, the media on there, as far as they're being exposed to, is how we're, we're fine with him. We think he's great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, CJ just blinked. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, she's I'm having bored. a seizure over here. She can't believe what I'm saying. I think I just got the Angela Merkel look on my face. <laughs> she's like, what? Um, yeah. Why on earth? I know. I, I don't. He's got the lowest approval rating of any president in modern history. I know. I know. So it was. It was amazing, and I had. To, I think I. I messaged you and asked you. Trump's 100 days. What's going on over there? Because I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Now, I mean, if you watch Fox News, they're going to say it's glowing and and he's he's doing great, but they're falling apart at the seams because they can't, you know, they they can't treat women with any sort of respect. So they're having to to fire all of their their well, talking heads. But I don't, I don't know what's going on. Something's going on as to, as far as their that's the just media bizarre. that's that's going to the UK. That, that's just bizarre because I think he's an embarrassment, and I, absolutely, I, he's an absolute embarrassment. I, I would, I would think that across the ocean he'd be an embarrassment too, just by the way he treated, you know, Angela Merkel and the way he, you know, chocolate cake and. He... Well, it's making. I mean, they don't they don't approve of him. You know, they they can see what a jackass he is, but but now it's kind of making all of us. Great. So we're the ugly Americans again. Right, right. (laughs) God. That don't know any better. They can't see the forest through the trees here. Man, it took us eight years to get over Bush, and now we've got got the ugly American thing right back on our backs. And then I also saw that um, his reaction was that the job is harder than he expected. Yeah. Um, He said in an interview that he didn't realize it was going to be this... Hard and his life before was very, was much easier. I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. You've done nothing your entire life. <laughs> what did you think? A third grade high, third grade school project. Would, yeah, would be would, harder. Would than, be harder than what he did before. <laughs> so. I, I I was just I'm and again his supporters that. just like well. He's a, he's recognizing what a what a hard job it is and and no he's complaining that he actually has to work and he's not even working he's going to freaking Florida every Friday yeah it, we'll, we'll get to that later yeah but <laughs> yeah the interview was there's two interviews this past week um, one was the one where he said gosh this job is hard 
<laughs> have you looked at before and after photos of Obama and George Bush? There's a reason why their hair went gray. Oh, all, every president. Every there, president. There's, there's a there's a time lapse. Except for... Reagan, who had his hair professionally done. Um, yeah, there's a reason why they they went pro- oh, you know, progressively gray through their tenures because this is a tough job. But yeah, just oh god. And then there was one where. I actually tried to read the transcript of the interview, but it was so rambling and so disjointed. <laughs> it was like listening to a madman speak. And I couldn't get through the entire interview reading it because it made no sense. I have to read his tweets or or quotes of his multiple times to try and figure just out to try what he was trying to say. It's it's harder than reading French, and I, I speak French, I've, I've studied French. It's harder for me to read Trump's quotes in the language that we share <laughs> than it is for me to read in in a foreign language that I've only studied. <laughs> don't even, even speak. Yeah, and then translate that. But, um, I mean, Joe Scarborough this morning, who is not a left-leaning journalist by any stretch of the imagination came right out and said he thinks he's got a bit of dementia because he doesn't make sense he can't stay on a topic oh that reminds me of of another topic to add to this we um if if you don't mind we'll just segue right into this uh like the national board of um mental illness posted an article hey we we have a duty to let you guys know we think he's got a problem he has a mental illness Mm and you know dementia was mentioned more than once in that article well his father had alzheimer's right and he actually died of it um and they're they're saying he's he seems like he's got early onset alzheimer's um my opinion is he's 70 it's not early onset at any point anymore um you well, know. he is in denial about his age, yeah. that's for sure. But um, this wouldn't be early onset. He's he, But he speaks like someone who has dementia. He can't focus on one thing for more than... He rambles. Yeah, he rambles. He repeats himself and repeats words constantly. And they're saying that, that saying the same thing over and over again is one symptom. And then also saying one thing and then con- immediately contradicting, contradicting himself yeah. is another symptom whether whether that's intentional or unintentional yeah and you know the general consensus is that um Ivanka and Justin his daughter and son-in-law are helping maintain him <clears throat> or stabilize him um my opinion is we didn't elect them so if he can't do the job he needs to go <laughs> I don't want President Pence, but um, it is, to me, it is painfully obvious whenever I see him speak that there is not, there is something distinctly wrong with him. He's just not all there. Yeah. Um, I mean, above and beyond the narcissism which he's had for his entire life. Yeah, that's not something you get over. Yeah, this is, this is something just significantly wrong with the way he speaks and how he cannot answer a yes or no question mm-hmm. it's more than political spin right well um 
We'll see how that develops. Yeah, we'll see. A hundred days. We're a hundred days in. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, local news. In Charlotte, North Carolina, we have I seventy seven here, which goes from Florida goes all from, the way up to yeah, up to uh, the uh, the Great Lakes in Ohio. Um, and we've been talking about getting toll roads, toll mm-hmm. booths for like the last 10 years maybe. Yeah. And it always gets voted down. Well, here I went to an appellate court that a corporation who has a plan to put these toll booths in. Um, now the, the appellate court has upheld that the corporation's plans to put the toll booths in is legal and they're going to proceed and uh, it's just one more thing to slow down traffic here um we've had problems with traffic since i've moved here and i've lived here 25 years um it's just it's just one more thing to slow down the highway um we and we have constant traffic problems on our highway i don't understand why they would even think this Here's the thing. Uh, I think they think it because it's going to improve road conditions. Um, I will say that is a problem here considering we uh, we are constantly upgrading our our highways. I mean, I I just I just went on a trip to Virginia and I-85 I think has had that same stretch of construction for the last 10 years. <laughs> so yeah, we, we have a they tendency just move to, the cones uh, down, yeah, I think all. they just move the cones down hundred feet. We have a <laughs> tendency to draw out our road construction here in North Carolina. I, I know 485 was like 10 years overdue before they finally finished it. And now they're working on that again. Well, when you have a corporation that's coming in to, to build the tolls, that makes me think that the toll, the money earned, is not going to the, the road. Is not going to the road or, to or, the or to our taxes. Is going to the corporation, right? At least first. Yeah. Um, oh, so another reason to avoid I seventy seven. And then secondly, hello, we need subway systems. Yeah, we, need... we are the like the only major city. We need that some sort of have... light rail or you know extensive light rail. We have light rail in Charlotte proper, but it doesn't. It barely goes anywhere. Um, we need it goes some in sort of... one line. Yeah. One straight line. One straight line. It doesn't help it anyone who's in... It is above ground. Yeah. It doesn't help anybody who's in a suburb. No. Um, I would love to have an up, you know... And, and it's... We just have this problem in this state. Mass transit is just not good. No. Um, we don't appreciate any sort of bikers... <laughs> At all. Right. I mean, I work... Or pedestrians. Or pedestrians. I work like five miles from home. I would love to be able to get a bike and bike to work, but there's no fucking way I'm going to do that because the road I'd have to bike on is dangerous. So it's just, we want... It seems like we want cars on the road and and we can't even... We do. We don't... We want our our people to stay out of shape and consuming and not, you know, not walking to work or not... Not getting any sort of exercise. It's just, it's sad. Saving, it would save so much fuel and, and I I don't know. I just, it makes no sense to me to build tolls when if we're going to 
improve the transportation in the city, we need to go underground. Yeah, exactly. And we need connecting subway trains that go from from greater Charlotte. Yeah, from greater Charlotte to the suburbs of Charlotte. All around Charlotte. To, you know, Davidson, you're the, you know, the lake up there and the lake, Lake Wiley down south. It's like you need, you need all those suburbs connected to your main hub. And then, then you don't have all those people on the road clogging it up. But right. we don't have and any we, option. We improve pollution. We yeah. improve, you know, obesity would go down. I mean, and, and people would pay the tickets. Right. We just don't have that option here because we just, you know, we're stuck getting into a car and, and driving five miles to work. Right. And it, it'll take 45 minutes. Yeah, it does. It takes me a half yeah. an hour to 45 minutes to drive the five miles to work every yeah. morning. <laughs> and then the same going back. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Welcome to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> so in other news, we spoke last time of uh, United Airlines and their, their lovely ability to beat the crap out of their, <laughs> their passengers. Um, yeah, it's funny, but it's not funny. It's yeah, it's, and incidentally, that that gentleman had a, got a nice deal from United. It's it's sealed, but I'm pretty sure he got a very hefty settlement from United. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope so too, because that was uncalled for. Not that for. that's excused. Yeah, it was or, completely uh, excusable for. behavior. Um, so right now, the lawmakers have warned airlines what they want to see. Are more generous customer service policies that side with the customers, especially in regards to violence. violence on the airplane. Not limited to, but you know, bumping of your flight, yeah, or missing your flight, or of course, violence that occurs on the airplane. Yeah, I'm more, you know, and I said this in the last Damage podcast when luggage, we were talking. That. Yeah, when we were talking about um, the gentleman who got beat up, I, I'm more. This is the only industry that allows overselling and allows them basically to just shit on their customers. Because, you know, I likened it to if I had a concert venue that seated 100 people and for every concert I sold 125 tickets and then just, you know, told 25 people, sorry. Right. You, here's a free ticket to another concert. Um, I'd get shut down. But airlines are allowed to do that every day. And I think it's really crappy customer service. And it's not just the overbooking. It's, you know, once they get you on the plane, they can treat you however the hell they want. They've already sandwiched you in there like sardines because they squeeze as many people as they can on an airplane. Yeah. They treat your luggage poorly. They charge you for every piece of luggage you check. It's just, it's an industry that's just allowed to treat their customers poorly. So I'm kind of... I kind of want the government to step in and say, hey, do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it. So am I. Because, you know, it used to be pleasant to fly. Now it's 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 a chore. <laughs> oh, it totally, it's totally a chore. From the moment there, you step into the airport. <laughs> as Speaking from somebody that just got off an international flight, um, that customer service was really shitty. We missed our flight. We missed our flight by two minutes. Partly because when we arrived there, I mean, we were running, knowing that we had like 10 minutes to get on the plane. So we were running um, to the 
airline departing flight and um, we were misdirected twice so when we finally got to the employee that could escort us he told us the plane's already taken off and we'd missed it by two minutes had we not been misdirected we were told like the first guy told us he looked at the computer screen he's like it hasn't left yet you need the escort well you have a fucking radio yeah. Why don't you radio the escort and let them know we're on our way and hold the plane? Yeah. We've already been through security. We've already, you know. Once you've checked in, they're supposed to hold that plane for you. And I had the same problem um, the last time I put my elderly mother on a plane. Um, I purposefully bought her first class tickets because I knew she was slow. And I knew she needed the extra room because she, she has trouble walking. Um... And on her flight back from where she was going in Colorado, they held her up at security because of her walker. Her luggage had been checked. She had checked in, but the plane took off without her. What? And I was like, how is you, once you check in, that plane should not be able to take off. That, yeah, exactly. Because I because had checked of the in law. on my phone. Yeah. I had checked in on my phone, let them know we were on our way. I had my mobile. Yeah. Uh, Boarding passes. Once you've checked I, I, in, it, particularly it really... in her case, she checked luggage. That luggage was on the plane. She was not. That is a direct violation of airport policy and, and the law because that's how planes blow up. They check their luggage and then they don't get on the plane. You know. But they kept her at security and then um, put her on another flight and put her in coach rather than first oh, class. Oh, that is ridiculous. Um, and this was United. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, I was on the phone with the United representative going, you, you made my mother sit in security for an hour and a half and she missed her flight. Well, you know, we just forgot she was there. I'm like, you forgot she was there, but you didn't forget her luggage. You put her luggage on the plane and she wasn't on the plane with it. Hmm. It was, yeah, they're just allowed to treat their, their yeah. customers poorly. And what are you going to do? I mean, I had to get my, my mother back, so she had to get on a plane. Yeah. I mean, we we had to stay... Well, we didn't have to stay in the airport for another 24 hours, but the next the next flight was a whole 22 hours later. Yeah. Um, and so we chose to stay in the airport. And it's not their fault that we were running behind... We were running behind because of the transportation, uh, but we were still there and we went to where we were supposed to go before the plane had left. So I'm not going to name the name, the airline right now because we still are hoping to get reimbursed from, uh, for the ticket, for the change fee. Of, of taking the next flight in. I got reimbursed for the difference in the in the ticket price, which kind of pissed me off. Um, because I had purposely purchased first class for her. <laughs> and, right. And, and so it, you wanted first class. I wanted her to have that extra room. And instead, you know, she was kind of just shuffled onto the back of a plane. Yeah. The first available flight, which was six hours after her original flight. It was just... It was... It was just a horrible experience for her. She doesn't ever want to get on a plane again. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame her because they just treated her like, who cares? 
Right. That's not how you value a customer. No. But they feel they can get away with it because what are you going to do? You well, have to get from point A to point B. In your case, it's not like you can drive. You're across exactly. the ocean. You exactly. have to. <laughs> I, I can't take a bus. Yeah. I mean, other people that missed the flight, uh, you know, were, got in the customer service line. And so I'm eavesdropping to try to hear what their plans are. And sure, they can take a city bus yeah. to their destination. Yeah. And another one can take a cross-country train to their destination. Well... Uh, I can swim, but I can't swim that good. Yeah. I mean, if you're across the ocean, you have to take a plane. If you're across country, you almost have to take a plane because train service is so limited at this point. So, yeah, they, they feel like they can do whatever they want because, well, yeah, they can. Well, let's see what the airlines are going to do now. Um, yeah. I didn't... I didn't read further. My bad. I was rushed <laughs> to get the. And this is just mostly. This isn't a law at this point. This is just the government making suggestions. So. It, well, it is. It is the government saying they are trying to form laws. Yeah. To, we'll see how far the, that goes. The customer service policies. Yeah. We'll see how. Hopefully, far that it's goes. not just uh, lip service. Hopefully not. And that it's effective. Yeah. Well, moving on, uh, back to local news. Yes. Michael T. Slager, Slager, Slager. I can believe it's Slager. Uh, is to plead guilty. Uh, that was today. I didn't see how it turned out. If he actually did, CJ's gonna look right now. Um, but he is a police officer for South Carolina, or former police officer, former police officer, <laughs> uh, who killed an unarmed black motorist in an encounter that was captured on video. You've probably seen the video. Um, yes, this is the cop who. It's uh, pretty brutal. I can't. <clears throat> yeah, this I don't is the like cop who. Stuff, but I do. The gentleman was running away from him. Yeah. And the cop shot him in the back, and yep. then did something that he claims was not trying to plant evidence, but he walked over to the, this this man that he had just shot in the back and dropped his gun. Yeah. Um. Which. Just look like he it was looks trying like, to plant a gun. It looks like he was purposely putting the gun where the man's hand would have let it go right. when he fell. And he did plead guilty. Oh, he did. Okay. Yes. The defense team said the officer would plead guilty to using excessive force when he shot Mr. Scott. So he didn't plead guilty to, to He did not plead guilty to manslaughter. He pled guilty to violating his civil rights. Um, he killed him. That's That's... To say that's just a violation of his civil rights is just so pedantic. I'm just, that's just, no. This was, you know. And, but that's what the headlines, the headlines grab the plead guilty. And so you assume. You're assuming, when you you're read assuming it, he's pleading guilty to manslaughter or to murder or to something. Right. Um, but no, he pled guilty to violating his civil rights with a bullet in the back, apparently. That's, so he didn't even plead guilty to using excessive force. Um, I believe that the excessive force is built into the uh, okay. violating his civil rights. Okay. But still, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. It is fucked up because let me tell you something. If a cop's running away from me and I shoot him in the back, I guarantee you I'm getting charged with first degree murder. Um, yeah. And the cops need to be held to the same damn standard as the people that are supposed to be serving and protecting. This yeah. gentleman was running away. He was not a threat. It was freaking. It it's was painful to watch because yeah, I mean, there's there's no defense that this 
uh, guy deserved no. this. I, and uh, and this Scott is symptomatic. Is not... It's really, you know, people will say there's not a problem. There's not a problem, but there is a problem. Just today we had another case in Dallas where um, a 15 year old boy was driving away from a house party and a cop shot the car and killed him. And he was driving away from the house party. And, you know, the first reports were, were they were driving toward the police officer in an aggressive manner. No, they were driving away, according to the body camera. It, you know, this is why we need body cameras on every police officer. And it's not just to protect you, it's to protect them. Because, yeah, if that car's coming at them, then, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with the police officer. But in this case, the car was driving away. <laughs> And none of these kids were, you know, charged with anything because they were just leaving a house party. But this this 15-year-old's dead because a cop freaked and just started shooting. This is why we have the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Um, and you can I'm say, gonna look... all lives matter. But you know what? It does not seem to be an issue with, with white drivers driving away or white people running away or, you know, white 10-year-olds playing in a park no yeah and it's even the case with black officer black yeah. civilian yeah uh and it really it it really gets me down um and and hurts my heart on a deep level i ooh, i don't know how many times i watched that video today it's it's really heartbreaking yeah um and to think about their family going through all that yeah and and the video it's, it's if you just, watch the video this cop didn't care it wasn't even like oh well i read so many quotes from him today that yeah <laughs> he's he just sounds like a like a rat yeah i, I he just i have you know, nothing nice to say about it there was no confrontation or anything this guy was running away and this cop just kind of casually took his gun out and and killed him I have no idea how that's not murder. But we allow cops to do that. It's just like, well, it's a stressful job. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of jobs are stressful. We don't allow them to go in and shoot up their work. Uh, no. It's inexcusable. I don't even think this should go to trial. No. There's, there's video evidence. Yeah, there's, there's video evidence. And, you know the the reaction from police officers is to try and stop people from filming them no <laughs> this is this is our protection and that's some pat mccrory bullshit too yeah oh well we'll just make those cameras not permissible in court right what it's, it's like no no if you're filming no, from we're gonna keep and and you people out there listening you see some shit go down film it. and you're with a friend one of you hold the camera and mm -hmm. the other one fucking say something and intervene it is your right to film a police officer if he pulls you over it's your right to turn on your camera absolutely it's your right not to answer his questions if that's your right and they can say well if you just you know if you just do it just cooperate say, but i've seen so many videos now that where with, they do cooperate where there is cooperation and, and still and it still ends in shots. <laughs> it doesn't even it ah oh, 
It's Why not even an attempt. There? There's not even an attempt to de-escalate the situation. It seems like every confrontation they have with a black civilian is, let's ratchet it up to 11. There's no attempt to, to try and de-escalate. There's no attempt to try and keep things calm. Yeah. And I... I I'm a white American. Yeah. I know it's really easy for me as a, as a white woman to say this, you know, this is horrible. But hey, you want me to stand up with you for when in Black Lives Matter, I'll do it. Because I recognize that there's a problem. Yes. Let us know when there's another Black Lives Matter rally. Yeah. Protest. March. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> Nutrition in schools. <laughs> what nutrition in schools? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you listeners know that um, Michelle Obama was really concerned about combating <clears throat> childhood obesity. And so, she worked with Jamie Oliver and um, they released some guidelines. These well, were they not... released different meals right. to follow certain guidelines um, in childhood, like in, in, in public schools, school. Public school lunches. Lunches, right. Now, and, these and were not, too. like, this was not a law that she instituted. <laughs> these were guidelines that they gave to the schools in an attempt to help create healthy lunches that kids would eat. So the standards mm -hmm. was <laughs> looking at content of sodium, Whole grains and sweetened milks. Mm -hmm. um, well, now we have a new Secretary of Agriculture. Yeah. Purdue. Hmm. Yeah. Gee. That name sounds very familiar. familiar. Anyway. How much do you want to bet chicken's going to be on the menu three out of five days? I bet you it's breaded and... and breaded and deep fried. Yeah. Um, so... Secretary of Agriculture Purdue, Purdue announced that his department would be slowing the implementation of the aggressive, and I quote here, aggressive, aggressive. standards his words, not ours. on sodium, whole grains, and sweetened milks passed under the Obama administration. Clearly an obvious attack against Michelle Obama yeah. and what um, she worked to do. Because what the fuck does this guy care if the kids have strawberry-flavored milk with their lunch or regular regular homework. milk um and the, the quote was it's really hard to do this so rather than actually you know push themselves and actually oh, said, try and do it he he sounded like trump in yeah. his quotes about this it, there was that there was um I'm, I'm trying to think back he said well a healthy meal isn't a healthy meal if it gets thrown away right now, I do know that some schools, it is difficult to get kids to eat their vegetables. Everyone, any, every parent knows this. Um, but at the same time, you, that doesn't mean you have to just, you know, give them Twinkies for lunch. Listen, if they have the option for sugar, they go, they're going to go, gonna for, go the for the sugar. So don't just don't have don't that option. option. And I know a lot of schools have what they call a share table. So if, you know, kids have something in their lunch, you know, oh, I don't like apples, so I'm not going to eat this apple. You put it on the table. And if somebody has a banana and you want bananas, you can switch and go, oh, I'll take the banana and I'll leave the apple. It's kind of a share table and kids take what they want to eat. 
but you got to keep it kind of healthy. Um, in a lot of poor neighborhoods, this is the best meal a kid's going to get all day. And I have never understood how America, this great country, this wealthy country, has kids that go hungry. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't understand why we don't just provide a meal in school. It's not it's not expensive to feed children. No. And if you it's look really at not. other countries, even with these aggressive quote unquote standards, our lunches are still really poor in comparison to other industrialized countries. Yeah. Where, you know, they recognize that if you feed a kid good food they're going to remain a little alert during the afternoon and they're not going to get sluggish they're not mm -hmm. going to come down off a sugar high and they're not mm -hmm. you know they're not going to be hungry kids in in india and uh japan perform uh the highest um tests mm -hmm. in the afternoon with a diet of curry yeah. rice spice fresh fish yeah i mean <laughs> and we're you're getting purdue yeah fried chicken and french fries french, yeah and strawberry or chocolate milk right that's what it's gonna be <laughs> and you know people don't care it's yeah and my kid she's five yeah she's gonna eat chocolate all day long if you let her mm -hmm. you just can't let her she's enough she's five she should not have the power to make the decision right. for herself exactly i have to struggle every day <laughs> to, to get her you know to but eat, you struggle to eat her food i do but I you struggle. do that struggle because she's five and you want her to grow up healthy and you want her to actually have energy to play to play, to learn, yeah, to you know, push her creativity. Um, she has gymnastics every Wednesday, so on Wednesdays I feed her more. Yeah, because so that her be body's gonna you know have calories that. to consume. You got to think about nutrition for our kids, even if you're not a parent. Yeah, it does not help at all to have stupid kids or hungry kids. <laughs> In your society, it doesn't. No. So moving on, um, there was a, a a threat of a government shutdown. Yeah, tell me about this. I was out of the country when when this was yeah. going on. What well, happened? it's it's basically they couldn't agree on a budget. Uh, Trump came forward with his budget, which was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Completely insane, and cut, you don't say. And cut numerous social programs, gave tax cuts to the wealthy, um, increased military spending a lot unnecessarily, and it was basically just it was trounced when it was announced. Um, but uh, the Congress came together, and in order to avoid a shutdown, they came together and agreed on an omnibus bill which is expected to pass this week. Um, they are voting on it on Friday. Today is Tuesday, so but it is expected to pass. Um, but this omnibus bill basically is kind of a slap in the face of Trump, which I'm all for. Um, 
The bill does not include any money for a border wall, <laughs> which was in Trump's bill. Um, it does provide an increase in border patrol and a uh, the standard budget for repairing any border fences, but there's no money in there to build his wall. Um, it includes money for the NEA, the NEH, and PBS is not uh, defunded. So all of those... What, are the, what is the NEA and the NEH? Uh, National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment oh, for Humanities. Awesome, okay. So, yeah, the, those, those art programs that Trump was basically going right. to defund are in the bill, and they are not defunded. Um, it includes money for them. Uh, it includes new spending for the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, which includes a down payment on Obama's cancer moonshot, which is uh, helping fund cancer research. So, which was actually, again, dramatically reduced in Trump's budget. Um, it would also, it kind of not only a slap in the face of Trump, but a slap in the face of Jeff Sessions, who had come forward and said that he was going to, because he is the, uh, he wanted to use the uh, Department of Justice to enforce federal marijuana laws which supersedes state laws, this bill actually extends the marijuana provision enacted in 2014 that blocks the Department of Justice from using any funds to prevent state laws that authorize the use, distribution, and possession or culti cultivation of medical marijuana. Um, it also extends the other, another 2014 law that promotes research into industrial hemp. So this is basically telling the Department of Justice, no, you can't go into states that have already legalized marijuana and tell them we're going to shut you all down. Right, as long as it's for medical marijuana. But this this basically kind of covers all state laws. So Colorado and Oregon and, um, gosh, I think there's a couple of other states now where it's actually legal. California? I think California yeah. did, yeah, this past election. So, um, yeah, this is basically telling Jeff Sessions to mind his own damn business. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, I'm sorry, you might have already said, who presented this omnibus bill? This was a committee. This was a, a committee of Republicans and Democrats. Okay. So, um, there is, basically, they got together in an attempt to keep the government open because there was a very real possibility of a shutdown because the budget was not passed and Trump's budget was not even going to be voted on. So... <laughs> So this was just basically them coming together and and say, you know, a give and take. Um, there are some things that, that Republicans wanted, and there were some things that Democrats wanted, and they're all in the budget. There is an increase in military spending, um, but those humanities, pro, you know, the arts and humanities are not defunded like Trump wanted. Okay. So. Well, that's good. I hope it passes. When yeah. is it? They are voting on Friday. Okay. Um, and it is expected to pass. All right. So. Awesome. I, I'm not going to count it passed until it's until passed. Until passed. And, of course, included in this budget is an additional $120 million to cover security to fund Trump's vacations. <sighs> um, yeah, because we can't use that money elsewhere. Um, this is just 
fuck. This is fucked up. Forget what I said about Charlotte needing a subway transit system. We need one from D.C. to Florida. Yeah, no shit. Just put him on a fucking subway. Um, Of course, this covers all of his adult children, too. And I do realize that we're in a unique position here that we have a president who has... Five he has a adult. wife not living here. Yeah, he five has adult children. Five adult children. Um, a, another younger child still in so, private school in in New York. Yeah, so there's a lot to cover here, but it's not just, hey, we're kind of looking out for them. Donald Jr. goes around the world on business trips, and we're giving him secret service. Eric goes and shoots animals somewhere and we're giving him secret service. Um, Trump is, is, has refused to get rid of his private security. So we're paying for his private security. It's just, it's overboard. It's completely overboard. And then he seems to take vacation. That seems to be all they do is take vacations. I don't even know what, Donald Jr. and Eric do for a living. I mean, they don't run Daddy's company because he's still running it. I don't either. But yeah, there's $120 million. And that's a year. Man, those security guards are well paid. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to hear a peep about Obama playing golf. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> Any president. Yeah, no shit. Um, speaking of Trump, and this was a part of, it was, this was, I don't think this was the interview where he was completely incoherent. This was an interview just yesterday, I believe, where he was talking about Andrew Jackson. And why was he talking about Andrew Jackson? Somebody asked him about the Civil War. And his, <laughs> his, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> And his response was, why did we have a civil war? (laughs) Like, nobody's ever asked that question. Why did we have a civil war? But he went on about Andrew Jackson and how the South really kind of reveres Andrew Jackson and how he was a man with a good heart, which is just... He didn't know. He didn't know who he he was. No, he has no idea who Andrew Jackson is. This is the asshole. He owns slaves. Lots of slaves. Um, This is the guy that... Did the Trail of Tears with the Cherokee Indians. He decimated the native population of this this country. Um, this was not a man with a good heart in the slightest. But he also said that Jackson was against the Civil War. <laughs> Jackson was against the Civil War. Of course, Jackson died 16 years prior to the Civil War. So apparently from the grave wow. with a Ouija board, he came out against the Civil War. And of course he would have been against the Civil War. He owned slaves. He would have been all for the states keeping slavery this (laughs) and he tried to backtrack and say he knew he was he was dead prior to the civil war but yeah he also knew frederick Douglass was dead right Uh uh-huh no i think he heard the name Mm -hmm. and just started and he thought andrew jackson that's a former president i think let me he's on money of him yeah he's on money so He's got to be a good guy. Yeah. Mm, he's no. got a good heart. They put him on a dollar on a on a bill. Mm. No. So no. So once again, Trump 
doesn't know history. <laughs> Basically, he he knows he knows no other political figure than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that's that's got to be it. Yeah, nothing because that's and, all. And Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, Vladimir Putin, in electoral college got over three hundred votes. You know, one expected to hit two seventy. Nobody thought I'd get two seventy. That's that's the only numbers he knows and the only politicians he knows. Um, and then another Republican in the news, <laughs> Republican Mo Brooks. And I'm, let me find out what state this asshole's from. <laughs> um, While you do that, uh, stated that affordable insurance should only be for people who live, quote, good, good lives. lives. He's from Alabama. Thanks, Alabama. But yeah. So by good lives, I'm taking that to mean... People that don't smoke, people right. that don't drink, people that... That, you know, exercise. But, you know, that doesn't take into account people who are born with congenital defects or a heart murmur or someone who has a thyroid problem and can't exercise. Or children that have cancer. Or, or children. Or... <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, apparently affordable health insurance should only be available to those people who live good lives. And those people who, who are chronically sick obviously are doing something wrong with their lives and should pay more. Um, this, of course, immediately got a backlash on the Twitter. <laughs> and people tried to call his, his office to, to express their displeasure. And they stopped taking phone calls because they were getting so many. Um, and he has not actually come out and backtracked or anything like that because he's an asshole. Um, Jimmy Kimmel actually last night made it or on his last show made an impassioned speech about for affordable health care because his his infant son was born with a heart defect. And he said how horrible it was to sit in a hospital and he realizes he has the money to actually pay for his son's health care. But to watch those other parents of sick children struggle because they have to decide what, you know, sometimes whether it's a decision whether they can, it, afford. they can afford food or rent or going to see a doctor for their sick child. Yeah. Um, and he was immediately slapped down by conservative pundits saying he made it political. I have no idea how having affordable health care is political. That's just common sense. <laughs> well, he said, I, I saw part of the speech and he said, not in this country. Parents in this country shouldn't have to choose right. between rent and, and treatment yeah. for their young child. It's, it's you know, I don't know how we can call ourselves this great country and the best country in the world if we can't feed our kids good meals during school and we don't give a shit if they're sick. And, you know, we force people, and it's not just kids I mean, there are elderly people who can't afford their medications. It's a choice between do I pay for my medication this month or do I pay for power? You know, do I want electricity or do I want my heart medication? That is just, it's baffling that this great country, we have people who have to every day make that decision. It's, that's, that's not a great America, people. <laughs> It's not. No, it's not. Um, we've got a child in this neighborhood that has leukemia. 
and you know she can't even she can't be around cats she can't they can't get secondhand clothes for her because you don't know you don't yeah. know what's how it's been laundered you know things like that she's so careful mm-hmm. about all of that and the poor child is is in and out of the hospital I know that those medical bills are insane. Oh, yeah. And what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I, I encourage you to watch Jimmy Kimmel's yeah. uh, speech about it. Whether you're for or against, really, just this is this is a man who has a sick child. And whether you do or don't, it's just, it's another perspective. Yeah. You should... You owe it to yourself to break out of your shell and what you go through on a daily life and hear other people's struggles. Exactly. Walk a mile. Yep. All right. Um, so let's end this on um, asking our listeners to send us info on upcoming rallies, yes, protests, and marches. Right. There was the science march. There was the science march on Earth Day. That was very well attended. Um, and once again, Bill Nye came under under fire for actually, we'll talk, I think I'll save this for next, I'll save Bill Nye for next uh, podcast, but he did come under fire again because he's Bill Nye. And um, I do want to speak he doesn't more extensively. On, he doesn't, and no. good for him. Yeah. Um, and I still consider I him to, a science guy. I happen to agree. I like science. I am an atheist. Yeah. So... I'll stick with the science guy, but um, we'll talk more about that elsewhere. But yes, there was a big science rally on Earth Day, which Mm -hmm. was good. Um, The Indian American March was, was that this past weekend? It was this past weekend. There was also the tax march uh, asking Trump to, yeah, asking Trump to release his taxes, which he still has not done. Mm and uh, we'll see what comes of that. But, uh, yeah. So I, the best thing we can do is not to share memes right, or political stories or articles. I mean, yeah, share them because that's, you know, educating your friends and, and your fellow voting public. Uh, but the best thing to do is, is get out is there show up. and show up. Um, show up to vote. Vote, vote, vote. <laughs> yeah. Please. Um, voting makes a difference. I know we live in a very gerrymandered state, but we're not going to change that unless we force the issue. So get out there and force it. And with that, we shall bid you adieu for this one. Good night, Scullies. Good night. See you next time. Hear you next time. <laughs>